Inspiration, Adventist Reflections. Now, to discuss character building ideas, here is your host, Dr. Denzi. family, welcome back to the Adventist Reflections podcast, your podcast. Today is episode 4 on this series on Ezra and Nehemiah. And I like to share with you a quote from the book Patriarchs and Prophets, page 635 to 660. And in there we find this statement. The opposition and discouragement that the builders in Nehemiah's day met from one, enemies and pretended friends is typical of the experiences that those today will have who work for God. Christians are tried not only by the anger, contempt, and cruelty of enemies, but by the indolence, inconsistency, lukewarmness, and treachery of about friends and helpers. So today I would like us to unpack ideas related to opposition at the practical level. And number two, making decisions to advance the gospel. Yeah. So, Eliana, at the practical level, have you found opposition with plans that you have in your life? It doesn't have to be the church. It could be in general. Uh, and if you did, I wonder, how did you approach the issue? Did you give up? Did you fight back? Did you ignore it and proceed forward? What, what was your experience? If you don't mind me sharing one experience that I had with um, my ex-husband after my baptism. Okay, I was ahead. baptized in Germany in 94. Okay. And um, and uh, what happened, he said to me, uh, in that point of time, we had one son, and he said to me that if I don't leave the church and God, mm -hmm. he will take uh, our son and uh, he will leave us, mm. leave me. That night I was praying and, and thinking, there is no way I will leave God. But I loved my son a lot. For sure. And I decided to pack their suitcases. Okay. In that point of time, uh, we lived in Germany in one room, all three of us, but uh, um, in the house or apartment of Pastor uh, Mato Werner, mm -hmm. um, they, they were helping us to settle in that refugee life. We didn't have too many things, okay. but we do, did have, you know, just clothes and basic things. So I packed both of their suitcases. Right. And in the morning, I put them in front of the door and I said, you are more than welcome mm. to take the sun and to leave. Mm. And of course, he didn't go. Okay. But for me, that experience was probably more important than for him mm -hmm. okay. because I found strength in God okay. to stay and continue on his side, okay. regardless of the consequences. Mm -hmm. mm. Even though it wasn't easy, I take it as great experience with the Lord when he took me through the best way possible. Yeah, wow. I can imagine how tough and stressful, but at the same time, things seem to always be easier when you are being on the side of God. How about when advancing the gospel? Have you ever found that God impressed you to advance his gospel, to advance the kingdom, and you perceive that nobody's supporting you, or perhaps that some are supporting you and yet some aren't. Even maybe perhaps, you know, like the quote that we read before, 
Even friends seem to sometimes be in the way, you know, in the middle. Have you ever had an experience like that? Yeah, um, it, I was involved in a lot of ministries. I won't mention the name of the of the group or sure, organization no so that nobody feels uh, offended. But um, sure. within that group, I spent a uh, couple times, a couple weeks in Longreach. Longreach is uh, mm -hmm. some 1,600 kilometers from Brisbane. So I stayed there for two weeks and the decision was made because we don't have church there. We don't have believers there. Mm -hmm. uh, let's see what we can do for this community. Okay. It's in, it, because it's very isolated. It's in the outback, and um, uh, so we thought um, which way we can approach this community. Because we usually do health programs, yeah. so I made an appointment with uh, all that sort of like health institutions and offices oh, okay. uh, in, in Longridge. Yeah. And I went around and uh, talked to all of them. Mm -hmm. They say, look, at we cover all these programs. Uh, there is no need for mm. um, programs like such. Mm -hmm. Then I would ask, okay, what is that that your community need? Is there anything that we can do to yeah. help? One suggestion was made about uh, young people. They are going through a hard time, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. I thought, oh, my goodness, this is such a great idea, and let's see what we can do for these young people. Mm -hmm. So... I made an appointment with the um, directors of, uh, they have uh, two schools, uh, one is School of the Air, and another was uh, like primary and high school in Longridge, mm -hmm. and I met with uh, their directors, and uh, talking about uh, any way that they can help me to find the youth that we can work with. Both of them promised that they will help me to contact, or they will contact the parents of okay. that uh age young or young people yeah. uh, that we can present what we want to do. So the plan came because it was maybe four or five months before the big camp that we have in Brisbane. Right. I thought uh, bringing that uh, couple young people uh, to Brisbane oh, wow. uh, would be absolutely awesome idea because yeah. they would say some of these uh, young young children they never left uh, Longridge mm. uh, and area some of them they even don't have second pair of clothes mm -hmm. so I put in plan everything how do I talk to the manager of Adra in 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 Brisbane in my church in mm -hmm. Brisbane and uh, she said, "No, no worries. We can supply them with the with the clothes." Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, I was uh, prepared to do a couple fundraising night to prepare uh, to to collect money for their um, meals. Mm -hmm. And my intention was, when we bring them to the big camp, that's ten days, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I would find for each person, I would find like sort of the host. I would be their host mother, but they would have to have someone to be with them on their activities, right. but someone who is their age, you know, oh, okay. uh, so so they needed companion. Like a so, peer. So, that's right. So mm -hmm. that's someone that they can relate to, they can spend time to, they mm -hmm. can go because they have activities through the days and sure. all that stuff. So I thought this is so awesome, mm -hmm. you know, right. we can fly them there, we can fly them back, I, I would take most of the jobs on me because it's not big big deal for me, Right. but when I came back and gave my report to my group and uh, presented the ideas, it didn't go through, oh. the simple reason was insurance, it's not this and that, and on the red tape, oh, then... I was devastated. Mm. I put so much work into that. And mm. 
it was very hard. Mm. It was very hard. I still feel that idea was great, but sometimes we face opposition in the church just because people don't want to put much effort in that. Mm. Or they they have their own reasons. I don't uh, want to offend any of them. I don't think that's where they were in that point of time, for you know? Sure, sure. But that's what just happened to me. Yeah. Well, I'm Unfortunately, sorry to that's hear okay. didn't go through. It didn't, but that's okay. But here's the thing, though. You, on the one side, had a bit of opposition, a lot of opposition from your husband. He's from outside of the church about yes. your spiritual decision. And then here we have another example. Within the organization, within like-minded people, or so we think, uh, we could say within the church. Yeah. What do you think is harder? The position that happens from the outside or the opposition that happens within the inside? The, the approach to both of them is different because okay. one is from outside, one is from inside. Okay. But I think it hurts more from inside. Okay. Because it's your family. It's uh, the people who are like-minded and you all have the same goal to yes. prosper the gospel, to bring people to Christ, to yes. show them the love that God showed to us, sure. to share love of God. They know better than people outside. Mm. Like for my ex, you can just say, poor guy because mm -hmm. he didn't he know, know god he doesn't right. know better right that's all what he had mm -hmm. and at the end of the day you might think you can't blame him for mm -hmm. that because mm -hmm. that's all but with people in church you think they know much better mm -hmm. and you have i guess greater expectations as well because of that so i would like us to revisit that point but before we go there let us go on a bit of a Engine, you want to call it a little bit of a branching here because I think this is so important. We have opposition from people outside, we have sometimes opposition for people within inside, people who should be supporting us. You want to call yes, it, yes, yeah. But how about self imposed oppositions? We have examples in the scripture of people who are self opposed to God's calling. We have Jonah, we have Moses, and we could even argue, even the disciples, how could at times self-imposed impediments be the hardest to overcome yeah regardless of what the impediment is is it really true or it's something that we put in front of us mm. uh, on the other hand how much are we willing to fight oh, right. you know okay. it's sometime i want to change but sometime i don't want to change mm -hmm. you know in certain in certain things mm. i think it depends of the personality and how much we want to sacrifice and say even though i fear i'll go yeah right you know yeah yeah thanks for sharing that look the reality is you know if god calls us to do something opposition will be there no doubt yeah he can open doors and he can close doors. Yes, amen. Yeah. But the one thing that he cannot do is change the way we approach our own self-imposed opposition. We, he cannot force us. Actually, I should probably reframe that. He could force us, but he chooses to allow to. us to choose ourselves. Right. That's, that's, right. that's the whole idea of free will. And the reality is that sometimes we have to face those vulnerabilities that we have and so we still need to make a decision at some point in time you know do i say no to this or do i just go ahead despite of what i think with my own mind the way we perceive things yes yeah so now i'd like us to move to the idea of advancing the gospel because you see both Ezra and I had opposition right like they're trying to do this stuff that god called them to do and they had opposition however 
the scripture said that while some people openly opposed to the rebuilding, there were some who claimed to worship the same God. And they offered to help them to advance the rebuilding of Jerusalem. So we find this in Ezra chapter 4 verses 1 to 5. So, why do you think God's people did not allow for others around to join their efforts. I mean, they're saying, hey, you know, we believe in your God. I'm going to help you. Why did they say, no, hang on. Thank you very much, but no thank you. What, what was happening here? I think that was sort of like precaution. Okay. Because uh, that surrounding nations didn't believe the same way as they believed. Okay. So they couldn't trust them because what if I bring you in and then you start uh, applying some of your beliefs or sharing your beliefs with other people because mm. we can we find is that people are easily led astray. Mm -hmm. So I think they couldn't trust them. Mm. When I thought about this idea, I agree with you. Maybe these people were saying, hey, you know, let us remember our fathers told us how great the nation of Israel was. They were mighty before they get conquered. If they rebuild this place, they're going to maybe take over again and we're in danger you know if you cannot go against them join them instead and maybe we can infiltrate it and influence what they're doing or oppose as well maybe there was this perception of not only the infiltration aspect but the risks that come with that infiltration yeah uh, we know that Nehemiah and Ezra, they were studios of God's laws in the history of the people of God and they knew that every time that they mingled with People from the outside, from a different faith or from a different way of believing in the God they believed, they always went backwards. As a matter of fact, they were in the exile they were because of that. They That's kept right. on mingling with these people who were not really worshipping Jehovah. That's right. right. And so, on the other hand, I also thought about Abraham. And the story of Abraham came to my mind. You, uh, you know, remember when, when he went and he helped these kings to battle against these others. They bring all these spoils. And the kings that he helped say, hey, you know, here is your share. And he said, no, thank you very much, but no, thank you. And the idea is, I don't want anybody to say that you made me rich. God yeah. supplies my needs. Amen. God will see me through. I don't need you to help me. I struggle a little bit with the concept. I understand the premise. But I'm thinking, was that proud? Was it like, hey, you know, I don't want you to help me because uh, God will help me. I mean, God puts other people outside from the faith to help us as well. But there was a specific aspect here. You know, there was the spirituality, the faith of these people we were talking about was at stake. In Nehemiah's and Ezra time, we mm -hmm. know that people were quite unstable and the functioning of the temple hasn't been properly set up as yet. So imagine they themselves are slightly like wavering and now bringing someone from the opposition. So it would mm -hmm. be too risky. And here is the spin that I was talking about, though. They didn't accept the help of the people because of whatever, you know, opposition might come. But we have that Nehemiah was very welcoming of Artaxerxes help. The king said, hey, you know, what's going on? And the story goes that he says, you know, this is in my heart. You can see that they have a good relationship. And the king offers him stuff. Yes. And he says, oh, thank you very much. Yes, I'll take everything you're giving me. How come he refuses these people and yet there's this pagan king and he accepts that of course but you know what that's a, a somehow different uh, relation okay because 
he needed first the permit from King Xerxes to travel. So he couldn't just go by himself. Okay. So he depended. It's like sort of regulations. Mm -hmm. Let's say when we have to do something on the street, I have to call council and ask them for the permit. Can Mm -hmm. I do this? Is it okay? Mm -hmm. So even though they are not uh, within my church, I still need it. So it seems to me first with um, dealing with the king, he needed his permission to leave. And then he needed that letter to be sent to governors in mm-hmm. the region uh, across the river mm-hmm. that Nehemiah actually can travel safely. So that was his protection. Mm-hmm. And then, well, King returned all the tools and everything that has been taken away from the temple. Mm-hmm. So he is generous, generously giving that back and then adds to that as well. Okay. So for me, that's like... I'm giving you a report because we took all this gold and all these from cups from, from your temple. Mm-hmm. Now we are giving, big, uh, giving them back and uh, we, we are giving you a bit more. Okay. And not just that, because you are my officer. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pay you mm-hmm. because you are going to do this job. I'm going actually to help you with your expenses. Okay. So that's how I see it. Sure. And okay. I think that um, there is nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. If we accept, we know that uh, King didn't have any influence within Jerusalem as, it's, uh, as itself and within mm-hmm. the temple or mm-hmm. uh, functioning the temple or how they will keep the law. Mm-hmm. You know, that he didn't oppose to right. any of these things, but he helped with the... Uh, proceeding with mm. the uh, re- rebuilding uh, the the walls that we know that Nehemiah went to build uh, build up. So. For sure. So they, it was like uh, the other people were saying, you know, we worship the same God, but this guy is saying, you know, I, I'm not in that line. His interests are not spiritual at all. I mean, he's not there to mess up the spiritual life of the people. Uh, but yet God utilized this guy, this king, to impress him, you know, you need to help these people. Yes. And, and he does. So I guess the idea here is how do we know when we can trust people who are not God's people? And when can we trust people who are within the church that might look friendly, but their intentions are different, perhaps? I mean, I think about this text in Luke chapter 9, verses 49 to 50, when Jesus is talking to his disciples, you know, after this, his disciples come back whinging about people who they found on the way as they're doing the ministry, that they were doing miracles and casting demons, etc., etc., mm. and, and they say, hey, master, we saw somebody casting out demons in your name and we forbade him because he does not follow with us. And Jesus said to them, you know, he said to him, it was John, do not forbid him for he who is not against us is in our side. So Jesus did say to the disciples, do not stop them from doing the work. Let them do the work. Eh? Yet he did not say to invite to join them either. So there is a bit of a tension in there, right? Mm. Like how do you perceive the best manner to proceed in such dilemmas? I perceive that for me personally, to make a decision, we need to take it carefully how and whom we associate with to do the advancement of the kingdom. Yes. And for that, for making such decisions, we need to rely fully on God. And we need to rely on the guidance of the Spirit of God to tell us how to proceed. I can imagine Nehemiah and Ezra being quite connected to the Holy Spirit. We know that because we already talked in the previous episodes. They had a good relationship. And they were men of prayer. And they searched in the scriptures that they had. I think that that will play an important role in making those associations somehow. What do you think about that? Let's say, just uh, just for example, we have a um, crusade that other Christians are doing. Right. And we don't go around the meeting places and oppose them. Right. Even though 
let's say we know that they don't present full truth, mm-hmm. but they are doing from their sides bringing people to Christ. Mm-hmm. And what we believe that when heart is sincere, the uh, Christ will will open the door and bring them to the full knowledge. So it's not up to us to go and oppose them mm-hmm. because we trust God will do that. Mm-hmm. It's maybe different example, but it's just one of yeah. the example how how we can uh, maybe de- have that tension not being too big. Yeah. And we have spoken a lot about these ideas of positions and, and how ultimately God is in control, nevertheless, and He will open doors, people, and, and resources to be able to advance His gospel. Do you have any other thoughts that you would like us to leave with? As uh, Lord helped Nehemiah and Ezra to mm-hmm. finish the work, mm-hmm. I pray that Lord will help us. Mm. To finish the work as well. Opposition day or not, mm. uh, let us help, Lord help us to finish the work so that we can go home. Hey, absolutely. I look forward to that too. Me too. Well, family, this is it. We look forward to knowing from you as well. If you have any comments, questions, or any character building ideas that you would like us to share in the episodes to come, or that you would like to share in the episode itself, feel free to send them to us by message through Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. And also don't forget to rate the podcast and leave us a review because this is how other people will find about these reflections. For now, we farewell you. I am Dr. Denzi, and today I choose to love God in service despite of the oppositions I face, including, yes, including my own self-imposed obstacles. How about you? Remember to subscribe to this podcast, like it, share it, hashtag it, comment, and find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and Tumblr as Adventist Reflections. God bless you.